typically the ad or the creative or the copy that the client thinks is going to work best is the one that doesn't work the best. Ah, Facebook ads. This has been a hot topic lately. So I knew I wanted to connect with another fellow Facebook ad specialist so that you could hear the results that can come from running Facebook ads. So I connected with Gavin Bell. And unfortunately, a rainy day in Scotland where Gavin is and a rainy day in Kentucky where I am made for a poor connection. So the audio is a little bit choppy, for which I do apologize, but it are the transformations one can have when utilizing Facebook ads. And Gavin shares some of the mistakes that he sees most often that people are making with their ads. Take a listen. You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Before we jump in, have you been struggling with getting your social media created for the month? Or are you just not even to that point yet and are still posting on the fly? I totally get it because I was there too. But I started practicing what I preach and I'm now planning out my content one month in advance. I cannot believe I waited this long to do this because I've now gotten my system down to only taking me 30 minutes to plan one full month of highly converting social media posts. Yeah, and you can too. Visit socialwithally.com to download my plan for you. That's socialwithally.com. Gavin, I am so excited for our conversation today. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited. Okay, so just first, set us off and tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I am based in, well, like I said before we jumped on the show, sunny Edinburgh in, in Scotland. It's currently not sunny here whatsoever. And uh, I run a marketing agency or a, a Facebook advertising agency. Uh, and we work with brands, despite being based here in, in Scotland, we work with brands all over the world uh, and help them with mostly lead generation campaigns. So people come to us, they want more customers, clients through the door. Uh, and we help them do that and achieve that by by building out advertising campaigns on Facebook. How did you get into the world of Facebook ads? Because I feel like it's kind of one of those things. It's a rabbit hole. Once you go into it and uh, you become good at it, like that's everybody comes to you for it. But how did you initially get into the work? Yeah, it was definitely like it was definitely a rabbit hole. So I actually got into <laughs> um, Facebook ads through a through a failed business. Actually, I had a, I I had a a business going back almost 10 years now where I was putting personal trainers into corporate environments to help to, to run fitness sessions around corporate well-being. And although I, I, that business never really took off, what what I uh, achieved with that business was a lot of personal relationships with personal trainers. And I realized, um, because, because the, the way that I tried to operate, I was essentially a middleman between a personal trainer, uh, you know, a fitness professional, and a corporate uh, business and and i realized that 
they were really bad at marketing personal trainers they they would you know they'd be seeking people that just want to lose a bit of weight but their instagram was like six pack abs and broccoli and you know their messages never resonated and I, and i saw that and i and i because i had these relationships with them i i kind of then instead of the business being corporate well-being it was more like okay well, i'll help you with your marketing because you're, you're obviously not very good at it and um so that kind of started me off in the marketing world with uh initially a social media management business and that was when a client can you run some facebook ads for me and i was like well i don't know what i'm doing but i'm happy to give it a try and this was like really really low budget stuff and i ran the campaign and, and happened to get you know reasonable results with it and that's when i kind of had this epiphany of or i was at the time i was being judged on you know the number of posts that you did whereas when i ran these ads on facebook for this client i was actually being judged on how much money did you make and this put me on this big rabbit hole of there's nobody really in the UK at this moment in time that is the go-to Facebook ads person. And I want to become that person because I've just found this thing that I absolutely love. So I you know, invested in courses. I attended events. I started following people. I started to offer uh, free advertising to clients to get experience in the space. Uh, and that's kind of led me to where I'm at now from doing that we're now working with lots and lots of different brands and, and we now manage over three million dollars in advertising spend each year now whenever i um really talk to about facebook ads with anybody the appeal to me and the appeal that i like to share with others is that you can fine-tune your message and i kind of compare it to a billboard if you were to put up a billboard it would cost you x amount of dollars and then it's kind of done and over with. You don't really get any type of analytics after it's over to know how many people exactly drove by your billboard. Um, you have a guess and you don't really have any of the data based on who they are as a person, uh, where they are in the world, uh, what their age is, what their interests are. And you know you can kind of flip that on its head with Facebook ads to really say, I want to target females that are 35 to 40 in this area of the world and have this interest. And the appeal of Facebook ads is that you can fine tune that uh, targeting so much. How do you really describe using Facebook ads versus other forms of marketing? Like what is that, what is that um, pros and cons of that? Yeah, great, great question. So I think, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with one of those points, which is a lot of the businesses that come to us have typically relied on word of, like uh, newspaper, radio, TV, where it's kind of a, like you say, you, you punch some money at it, you, you hope for the best and you see what happens at the other end. Whereas with Facebook ads, you've got this ability to uh, to put a message out there. So kind of, you know, when you first start a campaign, it's almost like a billboard. You're you're saying, right, I'm targeting this audience, which is like, you know, from the beginning, you're already more targeted than a billboard, but you're targeting an audience, you're putting a message out there and you're kind of saying, right, I hope this works. But then when the campaign starts to run and you get a little bit of data back, you can start to see, okay, well, my message is resonating more with women and it's resonating more with women aged 45 plus. And, the image that I've got here with the person that's wearing a red top is performing better than the person that's wearing a green top. And from there, you can then start to optimize the campaign and start to see what's working, what's not working, 
And that's what allows you to then start to reallocate budget to the best performing ads, turn off the ads that aren't working. And, and the way that I really like to describe it, and that was a kind of super basic uh, example there I gave, but the way that I like to, to explain it is you, you have to try and set a Facebook ad campaign up like a scientific experiment where you say, okay, I think that this message will resonate with this audience. I'm going to test different, different variables here. So I will, uh, although I think that my message might resonate with women more, I'm actually going to run the ad to, ma- to, to men as well and, and see the performance there. I'm also going to run maybe four or five different ads at once to see which ad performs best as well. And then, like I say, you get the data back and you then start to make um, decisions and you start to optimize those campaigns based on the data as opposed to based on what you think is going to perform best. And, you know, when we go to newspaper, billboard, uh, billboards, TV advertising, these things are all just guesswork. I think this will work, whereas Facebook is all data-driven, where you can actually see what's working and what's not working, and then make your decisions based on that. I really like that. I really like that, thinking about that in a scientific experiment, because you're absolutely right. The number of times that I've gone into a Facebook ad saying, like, this is what I think is going to work, and then see that maybe the other copy or um, graphic that I included did better like, okay, well, we'll go down that path. And, you know, that kind of allows you to set expectations too, um, because you, you really are saying, all right, I'm giving this an opportunity to see how it performs rather than be disappointed a few days in that it's not performing the way you thought it would. Exactly that. And, and it's, it's always really funny because um, it's quite, a, you know, working with different clients, it's always really interesting and, and fun because, Typically, the ad or the creative or the copy that the client thinks is going to work best is the one that doesn't work the best. And oftentimes, that can be, you know, <laughs> sometimes a client might spend, you know, they might spend $5,000 creating this amazing, highly produced ad. And then you test that versus just a picture that somebody's taking on an iPhone. And the iPhone picture will perform better when it comes to the ads. And it's then a case of, well, you have to manage your emotions. And, and even though you spent a lot of money on one of the ads, just, you know, say, well, we're not going to run it because it's not performing well. You know, we've actually, we, we work with a, an example. Of this is a stem cell uh, clinic over in, in Washington. And they've had this exact problem, stem cell therapy. And one ad where it's a picture of stem cells taken on an iPhone performs better than any of the professional testimonials we've made any of the professional like procedural videos we've made, it's just an iPhone photo that works best. And so what we do from an advertising perspective is just continue spending money on that iPhone photo and, and forget about the, the highly produced videos that we spent a lot of money to make. <laughs> I know. Gotta love when that happens. When somebody is is considering using Facebook ads in their business, do you feel like there's a a point where they really should know that, okay, now I'm ready. Now is um, a good mark to really shoot towards if they're not there yet. Um, how do how does somebody know if they're ready to use Facebook ads in their strategy? That's a, that's a really good question. And I think it's an important question to ask, actually, because I think all too often people can read the, um, you know, the headlines of 
you know people making a lot of money on ads and then think that it's appropriate for them when in fact it's probably not and so there's a few things that i always suggest the business needs to have in order to start running facebook ads number one is they need to have a business that first of all people want so they need to have proof of concept of their product and service um Unless, of course, they want to use ads to test proof of concept, but for 90% of people, that's not the case. So ensuring that you have proof of concept is important and means that you won't be spending money on you know, an offer that people fundamentally don't want. Um, next up, people need to have a, a, a business that already works. And by that, I mean you've got a process where you can actually um, sell people. So, for example, if you're e-commerce, and if you have a website that doesn't convert very well, then Facebook ads, you don't want to start spending money on Facebook ads because you're just going to spend money putting people to a website that doesn't convert very well. Um, if you offer you know, client services and you're trying to generate your leads, then you need to be able to know that any leads that you generate, you're going to be able to close and sell to on over the phone. So ensuring that you can close people that come in via the Facebook ads is important. Um, and thirdly, I think uh, an important one is just ensuring that you have cash flow available to you to invest in ads because nine times out of 10, when you start running a campaign or you start using Facebook ads for the first time, you're not going to get results that are profitable immediately. Like I say, the scientific experiment um, analogy, that you'll set up your experiment and chances are you probably won't hit that home run. You probably won't. You know, achieve the goal that you're trying to hit straight away. So you need to have a bit of cash flow where you can afford to spend a little bit of money testing, trying things, things not working perfectly, knowing that kind of long term, then your campaigns will become profitable. And yes, you'll make that money back, but you need to have that cash flow immediately. You know, I've seen quite too, too many times I've seen businesses and people start spending money in ads without actually being able to afford it in the short term. They spend their money. They then go, "Oh, Facebook ads doesn't work for me," and they, you know, they leave it as a platform. Whereas it'd be, you know, um, a smarter move would be to to try and generate the cash flow, maybe use some other marketing uh, activities to get clients in. And then once you've got a business that's working, you've got the cash flow, you can use Facebook ads to amplify what you're doing because that's all advertising will do, is it'll amplify what's already happening. And so if you've got a business that's not performing too well, it will amplify that. If you've got a business that's flying, again, it'll amplify that. Now, when people are thinking about the results they can expect with Facebook ads, I think a lot of people listening will be really surprised at some of the return on investment that people um, have achieved. And so I would love for you to share some of the results you have seen in your clients as far as a client that invested a hundred dollars a day and then was making $300 back, um, in, in their sales. Like what is one of those, you know, most successful campaigns that you've run look like? Yeah. I mean, well, to, to, to be honest, there's been campaigns at each end of the spectrum that, um, I've seen, you know, I do a lot of ad audits and as well as, uh, just running client accounts. And so some of the results I've passed have been really bad. And I don't mean to say that to scare people off, but I say that because um, I don't want people thinking that Facebook ads is a golden bullet because it certainly is something that you have to work hard on um, to get right. But if you do get it right, then 
the results can be incredible. And, and I genuinely believe it's the the best way uh, to to scale a business when you've got a business that's working, like I spoke about, and you're ready to amplify that. I think there's no better platform than Facebook ads to, to do that. So you know, we, we've just finished off uh, a client account, which was a it was a really fun one. They were doing a giveaway uh, to win a free truck, actually. And to enter the competition, you had to buy something from their store. Uh, it was a three-month campaign. We spent about $42,000 um, over three months, and they made $228,000 back. Wow. Um, so it was about a 5.6 return on ad spend, yeah. which was great. Um, another one, which is kind of, I, I really like this example because it's it's a it's a local business, so you know not a not an enormous business. It's some something that you know uh, I feel a lot of people can actually resonate with. Is we're working with a a chiropractor that started to do regenerative medicines uh, services, and they in, in Richmond, Virginia, and their uh, their funnel that they created was to do in person seminars, and then when people were you know in the in person seminar, they would then say, look, if you want a free consultation about the regenerative medicines services, then you can book one in. And then, of course, to sell people on the regenerative medicine, which was, again, it was stem cell therapy, like the Washington client. And they we, we would spend roughly $3,000 per seminar to get people to the seminar. And that roughly, uh, that roughly got, I think, around 100 people signed up to each seminar. Um, and over the space of around a year or so, we we spent about three hundred thousand dollars in advertising, um, and that generated the client three million dollars back. And and I particularly love that because it's a small business operated by a small team, but because we had this really good system in place with the in-person seminars and offering a consultation, we were able to. And initially test the campaign and see do people want to turn up to the seminar when people do turn up do you know can we sell them and we found that on early which then meant that we could then spend a lot more money on the advertising and predictably get people coming in and it's also great because it's not just the conversions and the money that that, that business was getting but if you do an in-person seminar to 100 people or so every single week you're building up a huge amount of brand awareness and a huge number of uh, leads as well. Yeah, I mean that's not only that's not even accounting the the sales that you'll make from those connections down the road. I mean that's just the initial investment and the payoff, but it, it truly can even grow from there considering you have customers that are now fans of your business. Exactly that. Yeah. So when you look at, I know you mentioned you you do audits. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that people are making with their Facebook ads? So I've actually just uh, done a webinar on this. And what, what I did is I, I looked at all the audits that we've done over the years. And there's when, when I do an audit, there's seven, there's seven things that I look at. I'm going to see if I can try and get these off, off the top of my head. So we've got previous results. So I look at has the business achieved any results on Facebook? And that doesn't just mean leads and sales. I also look at, you know, click-through rates and things. Um, I look at are they using the pixel or not? So the Facebook pixel. I look at their ad copy. I look at their campaign setup. I look at their their audience usage. I look at are they use, are they testing? 
like are they testing audiences are they testing creatives and i also look at their funnel and their funnel copy so i think that's the seven that i um that i look at when i audit an account and there's two two of those things that people all kind of almost always get wrong which is number one is testing so oftentimes people aren't doing any testing or if they are they're not doing enough and what i mean by that is kind of what i spoke about earlier is they're either not testing audiences enough so they're not testing uh, people that are interested in soccer versus people that are interested in baseball, for example, or they're not testing the creative in the ad or the text in the ad. So when I mean what I mean by that is by creative, I mean you know they're not text, uh, testing videos versus images, and in the text, I mean they're not testing things like short form copy or long form copy. Again, those are just very basic examples, but. Um, not enough testing is, is the number one mistake I see. And then the second mistake I see is their campaigns are set up incorrectly. And this is kind of linked to the testing. Uh, but oftentimes people you know, create a campaign or they'll create maybe three campaigns and any testing that they're doing will be broken up between the three campaigns. Whereas what you actually want is, your, is to keep your campaign number to a minimum and have all of your testing happen within the campaign. So for example, um, if I was, I like to call it the Christmas tree, the Christmas, like a campaign Christmas tree. So you've got your campaign at the top. Within those campaigns, you've got uh, that campaign, sorry, you've got different ad sets, which is where you test your audiences. And within those ad sets, you've got different ads, which is where you uh, test your creatives and, and your copy. And if you draw that out, then it looks like a Christmas tree. Uh, but most people don't set their campaigns up that way. They'll set them up where they've maybe got uh, two or three different campaigns with one audience in each, with one ad in each, and they're testing different ads across different campaigns. And that doesn't work because it means that Facebook can't optimize properly, and it causes a ton of headaches for you as the advertiser to go in and to try and determine what's working and what is working and then make decisions on, on your campaigns from that. So I know there's this this uh, interview will go out um, a little bit later than when we're recording it right now. But right in the moment of when we're recording this, there's a lot of conversation around the latest iOS updates. And that's essentially that Apple is no longer allowing um, specific apps to track your uh, your your uh, traffic, your um, behaviors um, without your permission. And so that is um, expected to greatly impact ads because um, essentially we do get all that good analytics and data from the ability to track the behavior and the traffic of um, the users that are um interacting with our ads. So I would love to hear your thoughts on kind of these latest updates and, um, you know, anything, any advice you would give to those listening that maybe are in the midst of um, working through that. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, I, I pers- my, it's my personal opinion that, uh, you know, there's, there's a massive outrage about all of this iOS 14 stuff going on, you know, marketers are, are, um, Marketers are, are evident, are kind of, what's the word I'm looking for, are, are getting upset about it, which mm-hmm. is kind of yeah, to, be, to be expected. Um, 
Facebook are getting upset about it, which is again to be expected. But it's my it's my opinion that every so often there's big updates to things that happen in the marketing and, and advertising world, and this is just one of them. And it's one of those things where I think I cry about it, but in a few time, we won't even remember that it's happened. It won't even be a big thing. It's just going to be it'll be something that's important right now it'll blow over that's my general opinion of it but in in the meantime um and going forward we, we do have to work within what we've got and so there are some key important things that we need to understand and, and important things that we need to do although despite the fact i say it'll blow over that doesn't mean that we can just do nothing and forget about it um so some of the things that we need to to understand are things like website retargeting audiences where typically if someone visited our website, we can retarget them on Facebook. Those audiences are going to be much smaller now because some people are going to uh, opt out from, from tracking. So we need to bear that in mind when it comes to using those audiences. And as a result of those audiences not being as large and as high quality, like audiences which are derived from those will, will also be the same. We'll, we'll lose uh, some of the... Uh, some of the strength of those is probably the, the best term to use. So some of the things that we can that we can look to do, and some of the things that we need to start uh, doing is uh, number one, ensuring that our business manager is verified and that our business is verified on Facebook. We need to ensure that the domain that we're sending uh, traffic to is verified as well. Um, and if you do those two things, that's going to set you up in pretty good standing for what's about to happen. If you don't do those two things, then you're going to, you know, there's a chance that you're going to, Facebook's going to come back and, and bite you in the, in the ass. So make sure that you, you get those two things done. Uh, and what I would say is just, if you're running ads right now, what we're, I mean, what we're doing with all of our clients just now is keeping an extra, extra, specific eye on results right now and having a an extra almost an extra layer of conversation with clients to make sure that, that the results that Facebook is showing match what they what the client is seeing or if it's your own business in this case look at what Facebook is tracking and, and look at it first, what your actual business is tracking because there's a chance that what you're used to you know, there's always a little bit of a discrepancy what you're used to will probably change. So something that we've had to do with a lot of clients recently is this kind of happened before the iOS 14 uh, update was that the attribution window for ads changed from a 28-day click to a seven-day click, which basically meant that all of our clients' results in Facebook looked worse than what they used to look because there's not enough, there's there's not as many results being tracked. And so we've had to have really, you know, big conversations with clients to uh, you know, look at our KPIs, look at our results, come up with new goals, come up with, um, you know, new targets that we're trying to hit. And so with your business or with your clients' businesses, depending on um, who's listening to this, is just, you know, get a magnifying glass and just make sure you're focusing on the numbers, looking at the results versus how the business is performing to make sure that you can come up with new KPIs, new targets as we go through this change. Yeah, that's good advice. 
Now, uh, switching gears a little bit to you personally, Gavin, um, how do you practice self-care as a business owner? And I will ask it um, how I traditionally like to ask it in in the way of how do you like to be selfish? For me, um, I'm... I think with COVID uh, being in lockdown and, and having less uh, work-life balance, so to speak, I've, I've had to try and find new ways to, to switch off because I'm kind of wired that I just don't switch off unless something forces me to switch off. And having you know having to work from home for the last year and things has meant that I've tried to find new ways to be selfish and uh, learn self-care. And, and so for me, uh, taking up new hobbies and and some of those for me is I've I found a real passion free and and spear fishing. And um it's one of the only things that I found that has this ability to to switch my brain off. When I, I think it's because when you're underwater holding your breath, you're five or six meters deep underwater, your brain has to focus on that sounds a bit morbid but your brain probably has to focus on staying alive at that point mm. and so it, it switches off from from work and I, I found that I've tried things like meditation uh, and I've tried you know various other things along those lines and free diving and being in the water for me is one of those kind of I feel I guess meditational activities for me so um I've, I've just tried really hard to to take up new hobbies um, and find things to that force me to uh, switch off. So I think I've, I've struggled my whole life where, you know, friends and family tell you, oh, you need to switch off. You, you, you can't just stay on all the time. And that advice is true. But somebody that can't switch off, being told to switch off is counterintuitive. And so what I've had to do is live with the fact or accept the fact that I find it very hard to switch off and and then find find ways that force me to switch off as opposed to just telling myself to switch off, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Uh, currently, I think the only thing I wish I could be doing more is is spending time with friends. And I'm, I'm a big sports person. So, uh, spending more time with friends, more time with family, and um, playing more sports. And I, th- I think COVID for me has been a is a wake up call where I, I probably should be doing those things more often anyway. Um, but because I get so stuck into work, I haven't been doing those things. Uh, and COVID's kind of been that wake up call to be like, oh, actually, no. When you know when life does go back to normal, then those are things I'll prioritize. What is next for Gavin? For me, um, so I actually went through a big rebrand at the beginning of this year and um, moving away from my personal brand to more of a corporate brand because the goal for me over the next three to five years is uh, to exit the exit the business. Uh, and so for me, a lot of what I'm doing is trying to gear up to that and um, start to build a, a, a real foundation of a business that someone will be interested in hopefully buying one day. And then for me personally, I'm getting married next year. Uh, I'm sure after that, children will will be coming. So (laughs) it's uh, it's, it's a really exciting time. Yeah, congratulations. This is an exciting time for you. Yeah, so much for 
sharing that insight, I think uh, a lot of people will really take those lessons that you've shared about Facebook ads and, and really start to consider them if they hadn't already. So I really appreciate you sharing such valuable knowledge with the listeners today. That's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.